I think now knowing that YouTube is what enables us to keep traveling, we just look at it totally different. Now, like if we have to, you know, spend a week in a hotel uh, editing video like we are right now, that's okay because like that's just part of what we have to do to like grow this channel and to be able to financially sustain our travels. Whereas then it was just something we were kind of doing on the side, having no clue if it was going to last. Yeah. Pay off or if like we were going to do it for the first few months of our travels and then look back and regret all the time that we wasted behind our computers. Hey, this is Heath Padgett and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 136. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs where we dig into how people have transitioned their lives into full-time travel, built up side hustles and businesses and different little niches that allow them to get out and experience the world and live life on their own terms. Today's episode is the fourth in a series that I've called the Make Me Feel Dumb series on this podcast where I talk to people who aren't full-time RVers, but are full-time experts in a given subject. It could be software, it could be a financial vlogger, it could be an author, and today's experts are the number one travel vlog on YouTube. Today on the podcast, I'm talking with Kara and Nate Buchanan, who were recently voted the best in travel on all of YouTube at the 10th Annual Shorty Awards. The Shorty Awards is a conference that honors social media influencers and kind of the new age of media all around. So it's a very official and legit award, and they were voted best in travel. Uh, They're getting close to publishing their 500th travel vlog on YouTube just in the past two years, I might add, and hitting the 200,000 subscriber mark. So in this short period of time, they've transitioned their lives from living full-time in Nashville, Tennessee, where Nate ran a t-shirt printing business and Kara was a nanny to being some of the most well-known travel vloggers in the world and earning their full-time income from YouTube. Specifically in this episode, we talk about how Karen Nate went from zero experience in film to earning their full-time income on YouTube, why even if you think YouTube is oversaturated, you can break through the noise, how to provide real-world value through video, and what to do on days when you don't feel like doing anything interesting at all. How can you create a good story? How can you share something that's meaningful and that matters and that impacts people's lives in a positive way? We talk about a lot more in this episode, and Karen and Nate open up and share the insecurities that they had before getting started, which I always love digging into because you can look at where somebody's at today when they get honored at an award show and you see how good of an editor they are and all the cool things that they're doing. And it seems intimidating because you're like, I'm nowhere near that level of skill. And then you backtrack and go look at their very first video they did and realize that everybody has a starting point and everybody has those fears before they dive into anything really meaningful. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode with Kara and Nate. I got a lot of value out of it personally. And uh, even if it doesn't make you feel dumb, I hope it, <laughs> that's a bad name for this episode series. I hope it doesn't make you feel dumb. I hope it encourages you to take action if you're thinking about doing YouTube or documenting your journey in any meaningful way. I hope that's what today's episode does. Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to give a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, the Stories from the Road podcast. One of my favorite parts of RVing is sitting down with other people and sharing stories, the good, the bad, the hilarious. The Stories from the Road podcast talks to RVers from all walks of life about what led them to the RV lifestyle, the things they like, the things they don't like, where they see themselves going in the future. The conversations are heartfelt and funny, and if you're any kind of RVer yourself, and you probably are since you listen to this podcast, you'll identify with a lot of what you hear. That's Stories from the Road, and it's available on iTunes, Spotify, and the Google Play Store, and everywhere else that you listen to podcasts. 
All right, let's get into today's episode with Kara and Nate. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Kara and Nate Buchanan, who are recently voted the best in travel on YouTube at the 10th Annual Shorty Awards. They are getting close to publishing their 500th travel vlog just in the past two years, I might add, and hitting the 200,000 subscriber mark. In a short period of time, they transitioned their lives from Nashville, Tennessee, to being some of the most well-known travel vloggers in the world and earning their full-time income from YouTube. Thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Wow. Thanks for having us. You made it sound really good. <laughs> I want to dig into y'all's story, but first I just have to say here on the record, Kara, you freaking out about Casey Neistat was like the best thing <laughs> I've seen on video, on TV or anything. It was amazing. Uh, it still feels like a dream. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. I know before y'all hit the road, I say hit the road because like everyone travels in RV. I know you guys travel in planes, but before you guys started traveling, Casey um, inserted documenting y'all's time on the road. That was like a big inspiration for you guys, YouTube wise, right? Yeah, most definitely. I think that's an example of how strong of a relationship that video can create with your audience. Like he's somebody that we felt like we knew personally but yet that was our very first time ever meeting him in person yeah i might have hugged him a little too hard <laughs> <laughs> no it was awesome and so genuine and you can tell that he was he was excited too he was excited because of y'all's enthusiasm he wasn't like put off or anything like he was excited too and and that, that is interesting because i i think about um there's like different levels there's like blogging podcasting and youtubing and i almost think of them as like a stair step not that staring going up is better or worse they're all just different platforms but it's like blogging like you can get to know somebody pretty well through writing maybe you feel like you know them but then like audio you hear their voice and then video it's like you can't hide like you're there in front of people so it's like now you guys have this really intimate relationship with people i'm sure they feel like they know you guys yeah that's exactly right like we get comments on youtube all the time about like how you know, we've impacted somebody's life through like these videos that we create, which seem just like these fun travel videos to us, but watching other people and kind of feeling that relationship with them kind of helps us understand where those people are coming from who are commenting on our videos. And like, it's really an honor, you know, feeling that way towards somebody else and having somebody feel that way towards you uh, is really cool. Well, I saw, I saw a comment the other day, I think maybe you got, it was on Twitter or something that was like, I think that her daughter had autism or, or something of that nature. She had something, uh, and basically they weren't able to go out and travel. There was something inhibiting them from going out to see the world. And they're like, my daughter has gotten to go see the world because of you guys. So I'm like, that's, that's amazing. Those are some of my favorite comments in the world. And sometimes people are kind of embarrassed. Like they'll be like, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I feel like we're best friends, even though you have no idea who I am. <laughs> but I feel the same way about other people who I've never met. And so I love it when people express that because it just really encourages us with what we're doing, knowing that we're affecting people the way that we've been affected by people that we watch. And I love it. I think like those comments of like, we can't get out there and travel. And so we're able to see the world through your videos. Those comments and the comments that say, we never would have thought about visiting this place until we saw your videos. Like those are probably the two types of comments that we get the most out of, like the most inspiration from. Yeah, I love it. And I watched a video by, speaking of Casey and I said, I watched a video of him the other day. It was, I guess it was like one of his older videos. He's like, this is the thing that pisses me off the most. And it was basically talking about how this kid wanted to grow up and be a YouTuber, but the other kids at school made fun of him and 
were kind of giving him a hard time for wanting to be a YouTuber. But he was like, you know, if you want to be a creative and kind of gave this raw, raw inspirational speech for why you should go do this thing. And it's like, at the end of the day, there can be like a negative connotation if you told somebody like, I want to be a YouTuber, I want to create content on this platform. But like you guys are providing real world value for people getting who ha- maybe can't go see the world or want to go see the world and you're helping them plan their trips to go see where they want to go. So there's a ton of value in what you guys have been able to do. So going back a couple years ago, I remember it was maybe like two and a half, three years ago now, we had a Skype call like this and you guys are like, we think we're going to go spend a year traveling the world and we think we want to do a documentary. We're not really sure. Um, we may partner with like some nonprofit... And you're like, what kind of camera are we thinking about getting the 60? Anyway, I remember that plain as day. I took a screenshot of that. Uh, anyway, just for nostalgia. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you go from like not having any background in video to now having the number one travel vlog on YouTube? So like walk me through this transition that you guys have went through the past couple of years. So Kara edits all of her videos. So like I'll step back in just a second and kind of let her like explain the evolution of like actually like learning to create the videos and stuff. But uh, I feel like first we just kind of need to tell the story. Kind of like you said, you know, we had no clue what we were doing. We wanted to take a year off. We wanted to document it somehow. And then after, before that conversation with you, we had yet to even purchase a camera. Like we didn't own a camera three years ago. And now we have this YouTube channel. And we actually bought the camera, ended up, a friend talked us into filming a wedding for somebody that we didn't know. That was like, that's a long story, but it was the worst idea ever. So we learned how to make videos by filming a wedding, which is like the most high pressured situation (laughs) that you could ever put yourself in as a videographer. Uh, But somehow it turned out okay. So that was kind of like our first taste of creating video. That was pretty much the only thing that we had done video wise before leaving to travel. Yeah, so I'm kind of glad that that happened now because it did force me to sit down and go, okay, I have all of these videos. I mean, we literally turned on the camera when we got to the wedding and did not turn it off the entire day because we were so (laughs) nervous that we were going to miss something. And I had never edited a video in my life, didn't even know what Premiere Pro was, which is what I edit on now. And that whole summer, I learned how to edit because I had to. <laughs> like, I had no choice. So I don't recommend going and filming a wedding when you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> but it really worked because I sat down every night. I had a good friend who knows how to use Premiere Pro. And so we would go to Starbucks. He kind of showed me what to do. And then I learned the rest on YouTube tutorials. And I still do that. But, yeah, after you get that first one out of the way, you have this new, like, confidence. Like, oh, okay. I did one, and then it's just kind of been a slow process since then. Just trial and error. I mean, making 500 videos helps. Like, (laughs) you know, doing it over and over and over, you're bound to get better with time. But I don't know. I watch a lot of YouTubers for inspiration. I mean, our video style has really evolved since we started when we first, like our first videos, when you watch them. It is so funny. It makes us cringe. It's actually really <laughs> painful for us to go back and watch the first videos. But I think that's probably the evolution of any creative process. I'm sure you feel somewhere when you go back and listen to your first podcast. Honestly, I've watched several of y'all's first videos within the past month just for inspiration. <laughs> 
But not what you think, because I watch y'all's videos now and I'm like, holy crap. Like I'm watching the videos of you guys uh, going to the holy celebration in India and like all the slow motion and on the colors and just the commentary. It's also good. And Alyssa and I are doing a little bit more videos in New Zealand. And I'm like, I need to go back and watch their early stuff because that's like <laughs> where we're at. So whenever you guys first started, did you have an idea of like a goal or like what was your, I guess, your thought process going into this? You guys were going to travel for a year and just go do as much as you can. Was that the was that the idea? So for us, the goal was not to start a YouTube channel. That was kind of secondary. For us, the goal was just to go travel full time for the year and see as much as possible. We got to this point where we had been married for two years and it was like, life is about to get serious. Like we can have kids, our careers will get more serious. And then like, we'll be stuck on this path for, you know, many years to come. Or we have this really good opportunity right now where we don't have a ton of like things holding us back and we can go out and we can make our dreams of traveling full time a reality. And so the goal is just to go travel. We knew we wanted to capture it somehow though. And actually you and Alyssa during that Skype call where we were really clueless, really inspired <laughs> us because you were in the midst of Hourly America. You were filming the documentary, but y'all were very honest about how like you had never do- made a documentary before, but you were doing it. And we were like, well, we don't know what we're doing. So maybe we can try something crazy and make a documentary. And so that kind of got the ball rolling with like, okay, what can we do to take advantage of this year and really capture it? And so documentary was like our first idea. And then we started watching Casey Neistat and vlogging was this new thing to me. Like I thought the word vlogging was kind of annoying. I didn't want to be a <laughs> vlogger. I thought that was very random and weird. And then the more we watched it, the more I was like, this is a really cool thing, like sharing your life through video. And we didn't want the year to go by and then not have something, I don't know, to remember it by. And another thing I remember you saying is having a like a goal every day. So like every day of travel could have been great without the vlog, but it really gave us like a purpose every day. Like let's go out and make a good video. For us that added to the trip. I yeah. see some people uh, think that, you know, constantly having a camera and filming would take away from the experience and maybe it does in some aspects, but for us, I think it's actually uh, added to our travels. I don't think we'd still be traveling if I didn't like feel productive, but we go out every day and we have this mission to make the best video possible. Yeah. And on the other practical side of that is because you guys have created so much content, you have now have experiences and and brands and companies that want to adventure companies that want to partner with you guys to go on cruises and, you know, review their products and their experiences. And so like doing them has not only like mentally enabled you to keep going, but like literally because of what you guys have done, it, it continues to give you guys more adventures to go on. Yeah, no doubt. We started creating the the videos in the beginning, um, like Kara said, just to remember it. But then about six months into our travels, we, we realized, hey, one, we don't want to stop traveling. This is incredible. And two, if we start focusing more on this YouTube channel, that might give us the financial means that we need to be able to continue traveling after this first year. So that's when we kind of started getting more serious about it and started trying to create a business around our YouTube channel. So you guys go start traveling the world and you're like, okay, we're going to go out travel for a year. We're going to document these through videos. And you decide to do daily vlogs, which is insane in and of itself. 
what are kind of like the early, I'm always interested like kind of in that early stage of like projects where you're like, okay, well, we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to show up every day. How long did it take you to edit the first vlog, Kara? Oh, so Nate was actually editing our first week of vlogs. <laughs> Which is hilarious in itself because there's no way I could get close to editing one of our videos now. Like people would not watch <laughs> something that I edited. So I was still wrapping up a wedding video that we had done for a friend our first week that we left. So Nate did our first week because I still really wasn't fully on board with the vlogging thing. And, you know, Nate does everything. He goes big or he goes home. So he's like, we're going to daily vlog. And I'm like, uh, we'll see about that. And so he kind of, took the reins that whole first week. He filmed everything. He edited everything. And at the end of every day, he would show me this video. And I'm like, that's really cool. Like, that's our whole day that we just did in a 10-minute video. <laughs> and I really like that. And so I was really excited at the beginning. And Nate kind of showed me his workflow <laughs> that he had developed in those first seven days. And I kind of went off of that. And at the beginning, it, it was a real roller coaster because we we're struggling to – balance. Do we like go all in on the video thing or do we go all in on the travel thing and just make the most of this year? And some days it was fun to edit, but some days it was really hard. And so, you know, one day I'd want to quit and the next day I couldn't wait to make another one. And it was hard to find a balance. Well, it was like, if we are only going to be doing this travel thing for a year, we didn't want the video to like take away from the experience we wanted to have the best experience possible and I remember like two weeks into trying to do daily videos Kara had taken over the editing and we were sitting in the Philippines and she was just like she had she was in the middle of editing this video it wasn't going how she wanted it to it wasn't something that she was excited about publishing and she was just like in tears and she was like I don't want to do this anymore and I I was like okay you know, like this is our one year to go travel. We don't have to do these videos. But it was like every time we had a moment like that, like we would get our first subscriber that we didn't know who they were. Or we would get a <laughs> comment on Facebook from like somebody who we hadn't talked to since like high school who was like, oh, I've been loving following your journey over the past few weeks. It's been absolutely incredible. And so it was like little things like that in the beginning that kept going. it going. Yeah. To answer your first question that I forgot, it would take me hours and hours and hours <laughs> to do one video. Like that specific day that Nate talked about where I was crying, it had rained that day in the Philippines. And so we hadn't gone out and I'd just been on my computer all day trying to make this vlog good. And it still takes me hours and hours and hours, but it's in a different way. Like then it's just because I was slow. And now that I've gotten faster, I've also learned new things. And so... The time hasn't really changed, but the amount that I get done in five hours is much different than the amount I would get done in five hours then. So would you say that now you have a semblance of balance? Like early in the, you said you were worried about try, trying to strike that balance and that was hard. Do you think you guys have that now? I do. I think now knowing that YouTube is what enables us to keep traveling, we just look at it totally different. Now, like if we have to, you know, spend a week in a hotel uh, editing video like we are right now, that's okay because like that's just part of what we have to do to like grow this channel and to be able to financially sustain our travels. Whereas then it was just something we were kind of doing on the side, having no clue if it was going to last. Uh, yeah, pay off or if like we were going to do it for the first few months of our travels and then look back and regret all the time that we wasted behind our computers. At what point did you guys realize that YouTube could be something sustainable? Because obviously it's been over two years now since you guys have been traveling or close to it. Yeah. 
So at what point did you guys start realizing like YouTube could actually be a revenue generator that continued to enable you guys to keep going? Maybe we were hopeful that that was happening before it was actually happening. (laughs) We were a little too confident, I think, about halfway through our first year of traveling. We definitely were not. We were losing money for sure. But we had this new idea of we could make money. And you can go ahead. Well, we turned on (laughs) ads. We turned on ads for the first time in like six months into our travels. And so we were making like 10 to $15 a day on YouTube ads. And at that point, our goal was to live on less than $75 a day. And so it was like, okay, we're making 15 a day. We don't have that much. I mean, like there's more to go, but like the fact that we're making a little bit of money means that we could make more. So about six months into our travels was like the first like money we ever made. And then I looked back at our finances from like deciding to try to do it for a second year. And I was like, what made me think that we could possibly <laughs> I did the exact going? same thing. I did the exact same thing with our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but we did. And and honestly, another thing that, pay, that played a big part in it was our Patreon page. Um, so Patreon for people into this podcast that don't know is basically just like a platform that enables people to support creators. Uh, so probably eight months in when we for sure knew we were going to try to go full time for a second year traveling. We created a Patreon page and people jumped in and started supporting our videos. So in addition to the ad revenue that we were making on YouTube, we were also getting maybe 30 or $40 from our patrons for every video that we published. And so that's kind of what gave us the confidence to keep going. Yeah, that's awesome. And now you guys are completely, would you say completely sustainable off of YouTube? We should actually make money this year, which (laughs) would be like we've gone negative the first two years. And then in the last six months, our channel has seen uh, a ton of growth and a bunch of things have changed for us. And it's looking like uh, if things stay this way, that we should actually make some money from this Somebody sent me an article recently about YouTube. Um, it was, uh, I don't remember who it was, but they sent me, it doesn't matter. They sent me an article. It's like YouTube still means like poverty. YouTube success equals still poverty. I don't know if you guys saw that. And I thought that was interesting because knowing you guys, it's like you've been very entrepreneurial and like you guys not only have YouTube and you have Patreon that, you know, you're getting supported there, but you also booked out three trips to Italy this year. So can you talk a little bit about that? Cause like, you're not just completely relying off of YouTube and Patreon. You're actually crafting cool experiences from what places that you guys have been and bringing other people along for that journey. Yeah. So I think from the beginning, I think I, Kara edits the videos and she spends probably six to eight to maybe even more time than that editing videos. So like that is her main like goal in this (laughs) relationship. And then my goal is kind of like the business side of things. And that's something that I really enjoyed. Like I enjoy the entrepreneurial side of the YouTube channel. And so from the beginning, I kind of had this like thesis that I wouldn't be able or we wouldn't be able to support our travels just based off YouTube ad revenue. So I've been trying to create additional income streams. And so right now, the majority of our money is from YouTube ad revenue, Patreon. I've created a course on travel hacking that I sell. We have uh, some affiliate links that we make money off of. And then what you just alluded to is our Vespa tour that we're hosting in Italy next summer. So we basically had some friends that lived in Italy. We went there. We absolutely fell in love with this region that basically gets very, very little tourism and 
thought it would be really cool if we could show that to other people and help, and give them the experience that basically our friends gave us by getting to like stay with them and drive their Vespa around to all of these little hill towns and eat all of this incredible pasta and drink the local wine. Uh, so last year after that trip, I sent out an email to our email list and was just asking if anybody would be interested in joining us. We got a great response. And so we took some, we basically like pre-sold the trip. Like if, because we didn't want to go back to Italy and spend a month planning this tour. If at the end of the day, everybody was going to be like, yeah, it sounded like a good idea, but I'm actually, uh, you know, not going to pay for it. So, uh, like 10 people paid to come on the trip and we were like, okay, we're going to go plan this and make it happen. And then we had a lot more demand. So we actually are hosting four trips this summer. So for a month, we're going to be, uh, hanging out in Italy, driving around on Vespas, uh, and it's with 40 other people that watch our videos and it's going to be a blast. <laughs> wow. So I guess after this first batch of like guiding people around Italy, you guys will be able to say like, if this is something else that you would consider doing again. Oh yeah. If it goes well, we would love to do it again. <laughs> We're just looking for excuses to spend more time in Italy yeah. right now. Yeah. Going going back to YouTube, um, what are some like practical things like if other people are interested in jumping on YouTube and documenting their journey, other things that you guys have done that have helped that you think has helped you stand out? Because there are a lot of other people who are content creators, even niche to travel. So like what are some of the things that you guys think that you've done that have helped, you know, people be attracted to y'all's channel, other than you guys just being like really awesome people that are fun to watch? <laughs> um the first thing that I can really think of is when we first started, like we said, our goal was not to be full-time YouTubers. It's not something that we thought was even possible. So our channel has really organically grown, I think, because from the beginning, we weren't doing anything for views. And we still really, really try to stay that way with our videos. Like We don't you know, try to make clickbait titles or only go to certain places that we know get good views we truly were just going to the places we wanted to go to, doing the things that we wanted to do. And I think people see that, like the genuine excitement that we have to be in a place or do something because it's what we want to do. It sounds selfish, but I think people can relate better when you're doing something that you're excited about and not just doing it for YouTube. I think people can really sense that and they don't have as good of a relationship with you and they feel like you're just trying to get their attention. I don't know if that makes sense. So I think that's really helped us at least at the beginning. Yeah, because if you're going to places, if you're going to places that and doing things that you did want to be doing, then you probably wouldn't have been enjoying that process either of making the videos because they felt forced. They felt like work. Yeah, we, exactly. We've learned that we are very, very bad actors, <laughs> and so like we have to be doing something that like we're genuinely excited about to be able to make a good video about it. Was there anything in the early days of you guys doing YouTube that you're that you were like, that's not us or like, that's not going to work or that you tried and it just didn't feel right? I think there was definitely a lot of like finding our style. <laughs> well, I just thought of something. So <laughs> at one point we thought it would like some we a lot of times like don't necessarily do a good job of closing down our videos like our day kind of ends and then the video just kind of ends. And a lot of people have kind of like outros or something. And so this one time we thought it'd be a good idea to do something called bedtime talk. <laughs> and so we were going to end the, we were going to end the videos in bed every day. So that would kind of like close it down. And then we would just like debrief our day. And I think we added that to the end of one video. <laughs> and then I just felt so weird about it. 
yeah. Just... Bedtime talk with Kara and Nate. Totally... Yeah, <laughs> sponsored yeah, by Geico. Was... No, <laughs> I still kind of like it. <laughs> no, I, I think go, going back to like the original question, I think another thing that we did was we consistently published content. Mm. Um, you know, so whether you can do that every day, whether you can do that every other day, whether you can do that once a week, I think it's kind of important to like give your viewers. Um, you know, kind of a time frame when they know when to come back and like look for your videos and what to expect. And then another thing that kind of like circles back to the bedtime talk is I think the relationship on YouTube and that people have with you and your videos is probably a lot more important than like the quality, you know, in terms of like cinematics and stuff like that, the relationship is more important than having a really high quality video. And if you look back at our first videos, like I'm surprised that anybody watched it. They had to be watching it for the relationship with us. We obviously weren't worried about quality. So what are, I mean, so what are ways that you guys have like, uh, encouraged that relationship? I don't know how else to ask that question, but it's like, how have you built that relationship? I think for us, it's been pretty natural and we haven't had to do necessarily like a lot of strategic things. And it's because we were sharing our daily lives. And so when you are sharing that much like personal time with somebody then like they're just naturally and organically kind of like following your journey and your day and they're going through like if you're experiencing something positive they're going through that with you if you're experiencing something negative they're going through that with you whereas if we were just like creating how-to videos or like something like that uh, you know that I do think you'd have to be more strategic about creating that relationship but I think just sharing your daily life mm-hmm. in general yeah. you know, kind of helps you to connect with people. Yeah. I, I kind of have a selfish question since I have you guys on the line. I want to ask something like for us is like, we're kind of going through this a little bit now because we haven't done a ton of YouTube and we're doing a little bit more videos as we're documenting our time in New Zealand and they're fun. Um, but I've also kind of felt a little bit of internal conflict at times. Cause it's like, we're going out and doing a lot of things, which are things that we really want to go do. They're like, going on we went on an overnight cruise this week through doubtful sound which was amazing and like all these things that are a blast but we're not really documenting like our daily lives per se like we're more or less like if we go on an adventure like those are the days we're documenting or we're having like our work days but it's not necessarily like a blend of the two if that makes sense and and work is a lot of what we do on the road it's like i have the podcast i have campground booking and it's like it's a big part of our lives and our focus so but i also don't think like people want to see us working in the rv so i'm kind of curious like how do you guys think like how do you strike that blend and just like what if you're not doing anything interesting that that's a really tough question that's something that we still struggle with and that we're currently kind of like working through because our channel has changed a little bit since from the beginning because it used to be daily. And so it was just like whatever was happening that day was going on film. Now we've cut back and we're publishing every other day. So like if there is a day where we're working or we're not doing something that's interesting, uh, maybe we don't film that day. But we're also worried about like losing the relationship. So I don't know. We're still figuring <laughs> that out for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I find it a lot easier to be really honest with our day on Instagram. Yeah. I don't know why, but like in our Insta stories, I'm a lot more likely to be like, we haven't left the hotel today. But like Nate said, we normally don't make a vlog days. We don't leave the hotel, but we always talk about it. Like we'll say like we've been in this hotel for a week. We've may or may not have showered every day. And you know, like we kind of fill people in. That's a good point. We do you our best to fill people in on what they've missed in our lives yeah. if there has been a chunk of time that's missing from our videos yeah or i'll kind of 
like I'll save my Insta stories from that week if we don't pick up the camera one time and then make a little montage at the beginning of our next vlog. And they're like, well, thanks for showing us that, but you should get back to traveling. Like I think people do enjoy our travel videos more. And we just do more stuff now than we used to, I think. Like when we first started traveling, we'd, you know, do a little bit of something. And then the rest of the day was us like sitting at the pool or going to the beach. Like we weren't doing a lot of things. And now I feel like our adventures have just really expanded. So we don't have time to put like brushing our teeth in the vlog. (laughs) (laughs) So we've just had to pick and choose. How do you guys think about, uh, Casey talks a lot about story arc, like in his videos. And so how do you guys try to structure, you guys do a lot. I've noticed a lot of your videos, like you kind of have that style of a lot of really good B-roll, like Nate goes out and just like shoots a ton of B-roll or I imagine it's him. I'm sure it's both of you guys. No, it's totally. (laughs) So how do you, do you guys feel like you try to have a story structure that goes into the day? Like when you shoot most of your vlogs? Yeah. I would say maybe not a story structure. Like, I don't know that we're that strategic, but we do kind of try to have a general theme. Uh, You know, we've been doing this long enough that we've learned that like having a good thumbnail is important having a good title for your YouTube video is important. And so like, if you can kind of like figure out what you're going to call your video before you go out and film it, it can be, that can be very helpful. So like, if there's like, if we're visiting a country, like we're in Cairo right now and we're going to go see the pyramids, like we're going to want to call that video something about seeing the pyramids in Cairo. And so like, we kind of would want that to be our main theme of the day. And we wouldn't want to lump a bunch of other things in the video with it Hmm. um, because we want people who are going to find that video and they want to see the pyramids to like be able to do that pretty quickly into that video instead of that just being a little piece you know and then if there's also something else like really cool to do in Cairo we haven't done enough research yet um, you know we try to make that its own separate video so it had its own title and its own thumbnail so whatever we know we're gonna we don't know the exact title before we start filming a day but we know that say the pyramids is going to be the main chunk of it. So we make sure at the beginning of that vlog, we kind of lay out our plan. So it's kind of like the intro to like the overarching story of the vlog. We don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we say like, this is our fifth day in Cairo and today we're going to the pyramids. And so that kind of starts the storyline. And then the rest of the day is just very chronological. So it kind of tells itself. And then at the end, we'll kind of wrap up our thoughts about it. And then we'll probably just end that video, even if we're done with the pyramids by noon, like the rest of the day would kind of be a letdown after that. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're coming to that video for the pyramids. Then we might go to dinner and go to the mall or do something, but we typically know when a vlog is done before we've even edited it. So we just won't even film the rest of the day. Film the rest of the day. Yeah. That's yeah. something that's really come with time that we've realized. We used to just film every single thing all day long having really no idea what it would look like later. And I think we have a lot better of idea of what a video is going to look like before we even leave the house now. At what point in y'all's first year, do you feel like you guys got into a groove like of, of kind not, not knowing like mastery or anything like that. Cause you're obviously still learning a ton, but it's like, at what point did you start feeling like I'm, I'm in a groove, I'm doing things, I'm shooting. I know what, I know how to put together story structure and all that kind of stuff. I think we always felt like we were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we've just gotten better at it with experience. Like we always thought we were making a really great video, but like <laughs> I said, our first videos are so <laughs> embarrassing. But 
at the time we thought they were great. Like I look back at edits that we would make and I'd be like, Oh, this is going to be the coolest edit. I'm going to put it in reverse. <laughs> and now I watch that. And I'm like, Oh wow. <laughs> That's not that cool. <laughs> Oh man. But I think we also still find ourselves struggling. Like yeah. we'll be trying to like we'll look at each other and we're like, how do we like capture this or how do we like convey how awesome this is? And it's like we've been doing this for two and a half years. Shouldn't we be better at this by now? You know, like it's still a struggle. We had that conversation last week. Yeah. If somebody <laughs> if somebody wanted to take a period of time and go all into creating videos and sharing their journey or their travels, what kind of advice would you guys give them? So I think for us, one of the best things that enabled us to be able to create this channel was the runway that we had. So we had saved up enough money. We'd saved about $30,000. And that was like our money to go travel for a year. And you could do it on less. Some people would need more to do it, like based on their travel style. But we had a year to go out and create content and not worry about like where the money was coming from and not having to like put things on our channel that might turn off our viewers uh, just because we need it to make money. Now, I don't think you have to have a year, but I do think you have to like commit to creating content for free for an extended amount of time in order to like grow a channel. Mm. Good stuff. What about you, Kara? I don't know. I I'm trying to think of something that I wish I would have known before that we've had to like learn the hard way. But I think really doing something that you're excited about is huge because if we weren't excited about what we were doing, like traveling is what we wanted to do and we really enjoyed making videos. So it made all of the work worth it, even when we weren't sure if it was going to be worth it. Like now it's easy to be like, Oh, it's totally worth it. But then we really <laughs> didn't know. And so if it doesn't work out, if you were enjoying yourself, then it wasn't a total loss, I guess. Well, and I just think it's important. And I think Heath, you and I have talked about this and I feel like maybe I'm just regurgitating some stuff that you've told me, <laughs> but it's, it's important to remember that like you, like bringing your personality to a video, like makes your content and your channel unique. So when we start it, this channel, I felt like there were a bunch of other travel vloggers already out there who are already like so much more established than we are. And we kind of like missed the boat on getting into YouTube. Like we were too late, but now it's funny. Like I see new people, you know, like coming up all the time who are starting after us and their channels are growing. And, you know, it, it's two and a half years ago. I felt like we were too late. And now like we've been able to grow our channel to where it financially sustains our travel. So like just, get started and start creating content. I love it. Well, where is a good place for people to connect with you guys online? So I would say our YouTube channel is probably the best place. So our goal is to visit a, a hundred countries before I turn 30, which is March 20th of 2019. So we've got a little less than a year to complete that goal. I think Egypt is our 76th country. So if people go and follow our YouTube channel, one, they can see all of our travels before that. And then they can also follow us to the last uh, 24 countries. I love it. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Thanks Thank for having you. us. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode with Karen Nate. If you enjoyed it, make sure to go look up Karen Nate on YouTube and say what's up to them. Tell them that you enjoyed this episode with them or hit them up on Instagram in the DM. I know Kara is always posting stories on there, so you can probably get in contact with her on Instagram if you want to reach out to them. Thank you guys always so much for listening to this podcast. I love hearing suggestions from you guys. What do you want to hear on the show? Uh, what topics have been really interesting to you? Because that's what helps me bring on new guests and get creative direction for where the show can go. So if you have any suggestions or ideas or there's things that I haven't covered in a while or guests that you'd really like to have on, um, let me know. Shoot me a message on Instagram. Heath and Alyssa is a good place to get in touch with us. And uh, I'll see you guys next week on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. <laughs>